You're listening to BQN. Assimilate the audio. USS Enterprise. Now a new Galaxy Starship has been designed. Transporter Chief, beam our listeners aboard. Welcome to Galaxy Class, a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast on the BQN and the Fandom Podcast Network. I am your host this week, Galactic Tour Guide, Kevin Scarf. With me is Counselor Amy Nelson. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. A new title, Mr. Kevin. Well, I came up with the idea for this uh, sort of tour of the universe, shall we say, and I thought a new title was, uh, was required. What do you think? I love it. I'm very excited to be discussing. We'll get that later because, yeah, we we love to travel. Mm-hmm. But how are you doing? Are you, uh, you know, we're in the middle of winter and it's cold, so you do need some vacations. It has been a crazy winter in that it gets real cold and then it gets warm and everything melts and then it gets cold again. Well, we've had our coldest cold snap of the year. It got down to minus 29 last night, which in either Celsius or Fahrenheit is just dang cold. So um, yeah, uh, it hasn't been pretty, but I got away last weekend. I was, I had a fun weekend visiting some friends in Nashville, Tennessee and uh, had a great time. So uh, while I, I'm sad that I missed recording with you and Joe last week, it was fun to just get away and be in a new place that didn't have any snow. It wasn't yes. exactly warm, but it, there was no snow. Right. Yeah. So you do get the snow that melts off the roads, but does it still stay around? Well, this winter, no. Like mm. we haven't had that much snow and it warms up enough that it all melts and then it comes back again, which is really weird. I would prefer a winter where it gets cold, it snows, and then it uh, sticks around for several months and then goes away. Mm-hmm. Because this up and down, up and down isn't really good for anybody's health, I don't think. No. Yeah. So, yeah. And how are things in Las Vegas? Uh, doing well. Uh, for some reason, I've had a very busy social calendar of know, birthday parties and friends and going out and people coming into town. So I have been extremely busy and it's been really nice, actually. (laughs) Do you think it's because we're finally in a real post-pandemic period and people are getting out and people want to get out? And Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm having trouble finding days where I can just stay in my nice cozy house. And exactly. Yeah. And what a problem to have. It's a terrible problem to have, <laughs> being, being such a social person. But I don't know. We'll get through it. We will get through it. So are you one that likes to have things calendared out? Or are you just, oh, I'm going to go hang out with so-and-so because you have time? Uh, some of one and some of the other I uh, you know because I'm doing I'm currently rehearsing a play those are scheduled so I know Sundays and Tuesdays I have to go to rehearsals um, I've started going to the gym yes. and I go to the gym on Mondays and Wednesdays usually this week we just happened to throw in 
Um, a friend came in from out of town and wanted to see a bunch of people. So we had to get together Thursday night. Um, we're doing an improv show next week. So we had a workshop last night. I'm like, I don't have a day to stay home. So, but today is Saturday and I have no plans and nobody has any plans to see me. So I am staying inside where it's warm. Yes. Yeah. So why don't we get going? And we'll check the communications array and see if we have any comments from our listeners. Logs accessed. Well, we did get one comment. Again, the turnaround time is so quick on this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, fortunately, we don't have Joe to answer. We were talking about some Greek foods and desserts. And Rhea chimed in and said, Joe, were you thinking of, and now I can't even say these, kataifi? Kataifi? Sure. It's amazing. So is Galactoburico. Rhea, you can't be giving me these difficult words to be saying and then not be on to help me pronounce them. Yeah. yeah Girl. We'll need to keep, keep a list of all of these Greek words. And then when Rhea comes back, we'll just have her say all the words. Yes. Interestingly enough, I went to dinner with my um, brother and his family. We went to a Greek restaurant, and now I wish I would have seen this comment sooner so I could ask them to explain to me what are these amazing desserts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, my friend that I visit, uh, we went to see her mom, too. I've, I know her mom. And her mom is, in, in, in my friend circles with, with these people, is very well known for making baklava. So she had made, knowing I was coming, she had made baklava for me. So I got oh. to bring home homemade baklava. They're not even Greek or Med Middle Eastern, Mediterranean. They just love baklava. And so uh, it was delicious. It is, but my goodness, it is such a sweet and rich dessert. It's mm -hmm. difficult to have more than one piece. I mean, Yeah. No, you don't eat more than one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. It is. Okay, why don't we uh, go ahead and talk about what our new topic is. Should we get right into that? Yes. All right. This is the captain. Senior officers will report to my ready room immediately. So uh, I came up with this idea a little while ago, thinking it'd be something that, you know, Joe, Joe has his series he does when he's by himself. Amy has her series when she's by herself. I thought, oh, this is one I can do when I'm by myself. And Amy liked it so much, she decided to join me. And we are going to tour the planets that the Enterprise visits on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, yes, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Kevin was like, hey, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, what? This is amazing. I'm going <laughs> to jump on too. So <laughs> yeah, so we're going to try to take this sort of like a travel log, what you'd see, what you would visit, who you might see, uh, who some of the notable inhabitants of each planet are. And why not? Oh, yep. But I do want to start each of one of these, you know, little series with where was your last vacation now oh. you had mentioned that you'd went to nashville nashville yes and how long were you there i uh it was just a weekend so i okay. left friday morning and came back monday afternoon so i had uh you know two two and a half days really because you know yeah, airport mornings. but it was it was just nice to get i just wanted to get away from the winter and because of my new work schedule i get these four-day weekends every other month and uh, i thought why not take advantage of it? And I found a good deal on a flight and went to visit my friend 
in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and it was just a really great time. And I saw that you did some wine tasting. Well, we went to an improv show that was at this place called City Winery. And uh, if you're going to a place called City Winery, you need to try the wines. And they had a, a nice flight of wines that wasn't too expensive. So a very good pour. I'm yeah, like, they were good pours for for what, for uh, what I paid for. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, and we saw a great improv show and uh, had a great time. The food was good there. It was just it was just lovely. Yeah, it was a really nice time. Yeah. Um, we're not country music people, so we didn't do a ton of like that kind of stuff. But, oh, but I saw that you at least were on the grounds of the Ryman. Yeah, we did. Opry. Uh, so Sunday morning, we went to brunch at a magic club. Uh, and it was right in downtown Nashville. Actually, the, the place is called House of Cards. And it's underneath the Johnny Cash Museum. You actually enter through the Johnny Cash Museum. Uh, so after brunch, we uh, wandered around downtown and walked up towards the Ryman, and I got my picture taken with some of the statues, like Loretta Lynn and other famous country people who were up there. So yeah, that was fun. And then we went to the um, we went to the Tennessee State Museum. Yes, did you uh, just love it? And wasn't gorgeous. it beautiful? Yeah, it's a yeah. gorgeous museum and free. That's a uh, right. You know? <laughs> I forgot to mention that, so I'm so glad that you went there. And then you, I saw you did the little market. Uh, the, farmer's market. The Nashville farmer's market is right there. Yeah. By the time we got there, it wasn't super busy, and uh, but I did have a bubble tea and just sat and relaxed because I've been on my feet all day and mm -hmm. it was good. And uh, and then we went to, we went to another improv show that night uh, uh, at this place that I think it used to be a car factory. So it was a very industrial old building, but they've turned it into this complex that's got like shops and bars and um, entertainment venues in it. And it was pretty cool too. So yeah, it yeah. was really fun. And then I flew home Monday. I had to, my direct flight got canceled uh, weeks ago and I got rebooked on a flight that had a very short connection window at LaGuardia airport in New York. And so I was very concerned that I wasn't going to make it, but uh, we got there in lots of time and uh, I got home and uh, we're back in the cold. Yes. How about you? What's, what was your last vacation? My last vacation, I had to look on my calendar, <laughs> was over New Year's. And mm -hmm. I left to go to Pasadena to attend the Rose Bowl, where my Utah Utes right. were playing. Yes. Um, and that was just amazing. I stayed with my cousin who lives in Pasadena. And the night before, we go out walking because they park the floats on the streets um, before the parade the night before. So we uh, went out around 11 p.m. And like every, it, this is this amazing tradition and you can walk up and down the streets. They close it all off and they have the people who make the floats describe, you know, sort of the theme and what they were thinking for their floats. Just really a wonderful time. And then, of course, going to see the football game mm -hmm. was amazing. I'm sure I've talked about it before, mm -hmm. but that was my last vacation. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about um, uh, Deneb 4. This is the planet where Farpoint Station was built. Uh, do you think this is a planet you would like to visit? Well, knowing that there is an amazing shopping center there, big <laughs> outlet mall where, you know, Beverly Crusher can pick up some beautiful fabrics with some gold and sparkle. <laughs> like, 
Yes, I definitely enjoy a good travel shopping vacation. Yeah, no, we did some shopping when we were when I was away too. So, uh, outlet shopping is always a good thing to do when you're uh, when you're traveling. Yes, and apparently you can get anything you want there. So, yeah, but I, doesn't it come with a bit of a price? Uh, yes, a heavy price. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the planet, I think like the major attraction, the major thing that you're going to see when you go to Deneb Four is Farpoint Station, right? Yes. Um, we don't get much of a view of the rest of the planet, but um, you know, Farpoint Station is is uh, is pretty much a big a big enough draw. Yeah. So when I'm Thinking of the episode and just specifically Farpoint Station, they seem to have the station that's built sort of away. And then Grappler Zorn has that old downtown that's in the mm -hmm. caves and stuff. So there seems to be two separate, I don't know, city centers, I guess, if you will. One that's more your commercial district and one that's it's like basically the enslaving the... It's like the Las Vegas Strip and Fremont Street, right? They're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, like, one was designed to attract the Starfleet people, right? Mm -hmm. And one is where they traditionally grew up. Um, now, it's interesting. I uh, Listeners, a lot of this research is coming from Memory Alpha. And if you go to the Memory Alpha page about Deneb 4, one of the things they'll mention is that the planet was also mentioned in the original series episode uh, where no man has gone before. Uh, Kirk says that it was one of the first places where Gary Mitchell tested positive for telepathic um, abilities. Oh. Yes. Uh, now, it's just a quick mention. The episode doesn't take place on Deneb 4, but the Deneb 4 that's in Next Generation is so much farther away from Earth than the Federation had explored in the original series time, that it leads us to believe that there are actually two Deneb fours in the Milky Way galaxy, in the Alpha Quadrant. Right, in Star Trek canon. Yes, it appears there are two Deneb fours. So do not get confused. Like, Do not get on a flight to the Deneb four with the telepathic people as opposed to the Deneb four with Farpoint Station. It's just like, you know mistakenly going to london ontario instead of london england right <laughs> or mistakenly going to las vegas new mexico instead of las vegas nevada mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i've heard of people going to sydney nova scotia instead of sydney australia oh. and they're, they're in for a big shock when they go oh, off the plane yes. in nova scotia <laughs> well so, yeah. i was looking at the word denib Mm -hmm. And I did not know that it was an actual real life astronaut, astronomical, let's say that word for me, astrological no. feature. Astronomical. Astron yes. I did not know that it was an astronomical real life feature. And Deneb is Arabic for tail or tail of the swan and is also called Alpha Cygni which is one of the brightest stars with an apparent magnitude of 1.25. This star at 1,500 light years distance is the most remote and brightest of the 20 apparently brightest stars. It lies in the northern constellation Cygnus with the Vega and Altair 
forms the prominent summer triangle. So those three stars are very prominent. Mm -hmm. And the constellation also contains such notable objects as the Cygnus X1, which is the first known black hole, mm -hmm. and the Cygnus loop, a large supernova remnant. So, so that's pretty cool. Like there's like real life sciencey stuff. Joe, why aren't you here helping us out? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's some um, pretty big astronomical um, events happening in the Cygnus system. So yeah, so um, I love that the writers included that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, so what? Uh, let's talk about the people of uh, Deneb Four. Uh, the one that we meet most that I think is the only one who we ever actually really talked to is Groppler Zorn, correct? Yeah, that's sort of outside of the random extras at the shopping mall. We don't see any other type of these bandy people. Mm -hmm. And the bandy are humanoid people. Um, in fact, they're almost human looking. They don't have any um, any forehead ridges or right. extra arms or anything they're they're very human looking yeah and i was wondering about the bandy people were they always on deneb four can we make that assumption i don't know it seems like a pretty harsh planet it is an m-class planet but it does seem like a outside of the station and the bandy city it doesn't look like a place where much grows. Uh, from yeah, the... it was very sparse, deserty. Didn't seem to have. It seemed very flat. Didn't seem to have a lot of mountains or anything like that. So, huh? And the people. I think why Star Trek. Sorry, I think why Starfleet was so interested because the bandy people were like trying to offer, you know, uh, Farpoint Station you know, for Starfleet to use, which would obviously bring in commerce, tourism, you know, stuff like that. So, but they weren't that advanced, it seems. But they had to have been because they did capture the, um, the, the, the telepathic alien that created all their sort of treasures that in, in the marketplace, right? So they had to be advanced enough to catch a life form that lives in space, um yeah but they didn't come across that way right yeah they didn't seem that smart but yeah they were definitely smart enough to capture them so that makes me wonder did those life forms live on the planet but then they sort of you know when the they got as released they went up into space yeah i I don't know how they would have done it, actually. Oh, remember, because remember, he was, like, starving them because those life forms use some kind of mineral on that planet. That's right. That's right. And so they were, like, he was, Grappler Zorn was, like, starving them, and you will do what we say, otherwise you're not going to eat. And that was sort of his rod that he was using. Correct. Um, we did see one of them one more time in Star Trek. Um, one, uh, another one was encountered by the ship, the USS uh, Rubidoux. Uh, and this was in the Lower Decks episode, Much Ado About Boimler. Um, That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Captain Ramsey reminisced with, with Beckett that there was uh, 
Nothing like a big crazy alien to remind you why Space Explorer is such a big, a great gig. So, yeah. so they have come back. Um, you know, and in Memory Alpha, they describe those space jellyfish, as we lovingly call them, mm -hmm. as a space vessel life form. Yes. So that almost makes you feel like you could be on these space jellyfish and travel if you could breathe whatever they are breathing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's, did we never actually saw inside one of them? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. Just but Deanna Troy did say it is not merely a vessel. They thought it was a vessel when it showed up, but somehow it's alive. So they must have been able to scan it to see that it had corridors mm. and quarters and things in it. Um, they have also appeared in some um, novels. Uh, the, in the Titan novel, Orion's Hound, uh, Riker encountered them again. Uh, and in that case, they called them star jellies. And they also appeared in um, a mission in Star Trek Online. And uh, yeah. So they've appeared a couple of times in sort of greater Star Trek works. Well, it also says um, a DS9 novel, The Fall of Tarek Noor, mm -hmm. uh, that it's mentioned that by 2374, a real Farport station has been constructed. Yes. So uh, that's, that, that is good. So I guess the placement of the station was good, just not why the station was there originally. Right. <laughs> right. Um, what we saw of the Bandy people um, during the Enterprise's visit there was that the women uh, covered their faces with veils, it seemed like. Mm. Yeah, that's So right. it's, you know, and the planet did give off sort of a Middle Eastern marketplace kind of vibe right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so dc fontana originally wanted to have the crew crash land on denim four uh recognize what was going on and then lead a revolt against the bandy to you know free these space jellyfish and knowing that this was sort of a test and we get Roddenberry that brings in the cue. I like what DC was thinking of, but I don't know for a pilot if that would have been enough. I Could, really do like the cue addition to it. Right. Could um, you have imagined if uh, the first time we ever saw the next generation crew, they crashed? Yeah. That wouldn't make us think too highly of them. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that just doesn't seem to make our people seem very competent. <laughs> yeah, um, to, 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 uh, Picard does tell uh, the people that that Starfleet will help rebuild the the station, so that's where the new station comes from in the DS Nine episode that they mentioned. Yeah, did uh, did Grappler Zorn did he? get any kind of punishment um i think the space aliens sort of punished him didn't they oh yeah that's right they yes. 
looked like they were shocking him or something. So there are other planets in the Deneb system, according to Memory Alpha, including Deneb 2, which is um, which uh, was visited by Kirk. Again, sometimes these things don't hold together all that well because, you know, these, these stories are being told as they go, and they don't always check. Um, but uh, Deneb 2 was the site of several murders of women committed by the Red Jack entity uh, in the episode Wolf in the Fold. Wow. Deneb 5 is the uh, homeworld of the Denebians, which was a warp-capable species as seen in the original series episode I Mud. Mm. And Deneb 20 is a planet that uh, was listed in a Deep Space Nine uh, on a screen in Deep Space Nine as the arrival in a, an arrival roster as the point of departure for um, the GHD Parat, which is a, sh uh, a ship, of, uh, which was a ship that was. Um, only ever seen listed on this screen. So um, we can't really, you know, we don't know much about that planet, but it is a, a planet uh, according to the canon of Star Trek because it was seen on screen on a screen. So if this is, we've seen Deneb 2, 4, 5, and 20. Yes. So this is a star system that has 20 orbiting planets, moons, whatever. Sounds like it. Wow. That's yeah. a big system. It is a big system. And if yeah. Deneb 5 was a warp-capable species, makes me wonder why Deneb 4 was not as advanced. You gotta wonder, too, if... Um... You know, like I said, the, there may be two Deneb 4s if maybe we're mm. looking at two different systems here. Right. Yeah, because it's sort of, if Deneb 5 was going out, like we've already visited Mars. That's our yep. you know, <laughs> next door neighbor planet. So I would assume that Deneb 5 would have visited Deneb 4. and You would think. Yeah. But it sounds like there's lots to do in the Deneb system with uh, with at least four planets that you can visit. But you know what? It sort of does make sense that if Deneb, if the Denabi, what are they called? Denebians. Denebians, yes. If the Denebians from Deneb 5 visited Deneb 4, then like... Think of Earth, like, oh my gosh, there's life outside of this planet. Mm. That would spur a lot of inventions and, you know, these engineering feats, which is why Starfleet was intrigued in the first place. True. So that does make a little sense if you think about it that way. It does. It does. So uh, that... And it could also explain the Bandai people, why they don't seem as technologically advanced, mm -hmm. but could still have the possibility of catching one of these giant space aliens. You yes. Know, if, yeah. Think or, of the... Um, I like things to make us go. 
They weren't that intelligent. Who were they? The Pakleds? Yes, the Pakleds. <laughs> and they, you know, gather, or the Ferengi, they gather, you know, and steal technology and stuff like that. And they're not as advanced, but yet they still gather and collect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're trying to um, get a shortcut yeah, without that... developing completely. Well, exactly. That's what the Bandai were doing too, right? right. They were yeah. using this alien's power. Yeah. Now, also, like the reason Farpoint Station was built where it was too is because there was a big geothermal energy source there too, right? I think that was also feeding the alien. Right. Yes. So the planet, the planet, it can be self-sustaining using geothermal energy, which is yeah, that exciting. was the draw. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, do we have any uh, final thoughts about the planet Deneb Four and its people? And uh, it's it's the place where our, our heroes kicked off their adventures, right? So that is a reason to visit Deneb 4. Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, I think a, a must-see place, you know, just mm -hmm. to experience it. Um, again, I just, I would be having a bunch of empty suitcases to go shopping. Um, it And like, what I like about it is that, yeah, I don't really like to window shop, but if there's something specific, mm -hmm. which I feel I could get at Denim 4, um, definitely I would go there with my list and get everything. <laughs> I would assume that because the people there are wanting Starfleet to, you know, have a station there, that they would be very accommodating. They would be very nice. But then I would be a little suspicious. Are they just doing that for the tourism mm -hmm. or are they actually really nice people? I'm sure the overall population is very nice. It's those leaders, man. Sometimes they just get twisted and don't mm -hmm. understand you know, morals. <laughs> um, but I think as far as like temperature and stuff, it did. It seemed to be fairly pleasant. Mm -hmm. Um Everyone enjoyed their time shopping, so it seemed very pleasant. And I like the fact that once everything was straightened out, that we are going to have a station there, that it is serving its purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that about this planet. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes people just want something so bad that they do. They do something that they shouldn't in order to get it. And that's what happened here. Uh it's more than just a misunderstanding and they had to be paid. They have to pay for their crimes, but they were doing it really with good intentions. It seemed. Um, and uh, it's lucky that, um, that Q showed up actually to, um, to help take this down. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Oh, see Q isn't that bad. No, he's not. He's just misunderstood. Yes. Just misunderstood. Incoming transmission. So we would love to hear what you thought about today's slightly shorter episode and hope that you'll join a Facebook group, the BQN Collective, to continue our discussion there. And then you can also tweet your thoughts to at Galaxy Class Pod, or you can follow the network on Twitter and Instagram at BQN Podcasts. Please hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a star rating and written review that helps others to find the show. You can also follow the entire network's podcast with our master feed by searching BQN. 
This way you won't miss any of our fine shows like All Good Things, Union Federation, History with the Zaloggies, Infinite Diversity, Mickey's Marvels, Trexpert's Quiz, and What's the Tea Bev? So Kevin, where can people find you when you're packing your bags to go to Denim 4? Well, um, uh, if I'm packing, I'm here in my cozy little house trying to stay out of the cold. Uh, and uh, you can find me on the BQN Collective. I'm in there quite often. Uh, you can find me on my other podcast, which is True North Nerds. Uh, we are going to be recording an episode today about all the DC Comics announcements that came out this week. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. Uh, and you can find me on um, uh, Twitter at True North Nerds and on Instagram at Scarf K. Uh, Amy, where can people find you when mysterious gold patterns suddenly appear across the fabric that you are purchasing? Well, I will be purchasing that immediately before it changes to another color, I guess. <laughs> What's to guarantee that once I get it home, that the original coloring isn't going to come back? <laughs> Buyer beware. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, listeners, you can find me here on the network where I'm co-hosting All Good Things and Union Federation. I am on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, but my favorite place right there, BQN Collective, Facebook. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. So if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. We are putting out more exclusive content for our patrons every week uh, that you won't want to miss. Like it's green or Amy's math moments with a monthly Patreon subscription of $5 or more. You can join our meetings of the hive mind on the second Saturday of each month. Watch your Patreon messages for details. For more details, go to patreon.com slash BQN. A huge shout out to our very own associate producers, Jim McMahon and Davey Willett. We are so grateful for your support. At this time, we would like to thank our executive producers who make this all possible. And a special thanks to Mark White for our artwork and Joe Keegan for our music. So thank you for being aboard the Galaxy Class. And until next time, great joy and gratitude. Deneb 4, visit the station. <laughs>